0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
1: Fall guy. That's what the poster said.
0: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to
1: make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG
0: 13. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red a lot They're up and running again.
1: so sweet splendid succinct just glorious execution guys all i'm
0: looking for is 60 percent effort or thousand percent of the time how sharp was that sharp of mind and body and that's why you see those beautiful tears look at his movements the most dangerous man on the planet nobody picks him up Bemused. How on earth did that happen?
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Lebuff, and joining me today is my friend and action colleague, BJ Cunningham. Uh, BJ, it's March Madness, but there's also a, uh, a light slate of Premier League matches and some interesting European uh, showdowns this weekend, including El Clasico, but we'll get to that one. We'll start in the Premier League first with uh, Wolverhampton and Leeds. Wolves in this one are plus 120, Leeds plus 230. The draw is plus 250. This is a Friday night lights kickoff, 4 p.m. Eastern time. I think the question that betters need to figure out with Leeds is, is just how much of the Jesse Marsh revolution is real, or were they just kind of propped up by a good scheduling spot taking on uh, Norwich City even so, um, in his three matches, five goals allowed, two goals for, uh, 5.35 expected goals for, and 3.03 uh, against. They only created 0.19 expected goals against Villa. And, I mean, this match you're talking about Wolverhampton. I think they're better than Villa, so and a, and they're a great defensive side. So are we going to see Leeds struggle to create offense uh, against this team, and does that put value on Wolves?
0: Well, yeah, and it, what's interesting about this one is for Leeds, this really isn't that good of a matchup if they continue to play this – High pressing type style because Wolves has the biggest counter-attacking profile in the entire Premier League. So they could just counterattack leads to death, which what they kind of did in the last meeting. If you remember, it was Wolves uh, scored in like the 10th minute. And that was at the peak of where we thought Wolves was kind of you know underrated and we were getting a good price on Leeds. And for whatever reason, Wolves just packed it in for the remaining 80 minutes and they had some chances on the counter. Uh, but Leeds ultimately got a penalty in the 94th minute to draw with Wolves. So it'll be interesting to see if Wolves does something similar to that. And my guess is, I mean, that's what they've done all season. But as we've been talking about quite a bit, they are pretty big overperformers. Plus six actual goal differential, minus 12.6 expected goal differential. Their offense is the one that's now completely overperforming. Uh, they. I've scored five goals in their last two matches off of 1.8 expected goals and have only created over one expected goal in their last eight matches. But again, you're facing Leeds, who I understand in a couple matches under Jesse Marsh has looked better, but giving up over 1.1 expected goals to Norwich and allowing them to create two big scoring chances is a little concerning given how bad their offense is. So I think Wolves is definitely a little bit undervalued here in the market, even though that they have been overperforming all season uh the big thing is wolves you know obviously defensively like we've said they're pretty overrated but they are outstanding at preventing big scoring chances only 23 conceded on the season which is fourth best in the premier league additionally their defense has actually put up back-to-back pretty good performances from an underlying standpoint only 0.9 allowed to Watford and 0.5 allowed to Everton so uh at plus 120 it's actually I think a decent price on wolves I have them projected at minus 101 so Uh, I like Wolves plus 120 at home to grab all three points against Leeds.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think plus 120 is a good price at home. Uh, If Leeds didn't score the 93rd minute winner uh, against North City. This number would be pretty different. It would be desperation time if they didn't get that. Yeah, that's true too. Um, But, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, both of these teams, at at this time of year, you got to talk about the stakes, and both of these teams are playing for something. Wolves is looking to uh, play their way into – uh, Europa league or European competition leads obviously in a relegation fight. So that's a wash. And I, yeah, I think Wolves is a good price here. Plus plus All right. We'll move to uh Saturday for a game between Aston Villa and your arsenal gunners, the, man, the arsenal, they, uh, they put forth a great effort through the first 65 minutes against Liverpool came undone by a, a soft goal. And uh, from that point on, we're in a little bit of trouble and lost 2 nil uh, Villa. On the other hand, their offense is starting to trend up, uh, It really started to sputter after like 10 or so games under Gerard, but 6.47 expected goals for in their last four matches. And this could be a letdown spot for Arsenal, I think coming off of that loss, not to mention uh, the rest spot. So I think the market is right here. Uh, If Villa does get higher than where they're at right now, they're plus 210. If they go to like towards 230, if I can find them in that area, I'll look to play Aston Villa at home. Um, Anything for you, Arsenal and Villa?
0: No, I agree with you. I think the line is pretty much dead on. What I will say is that this is a pretty good matchup for Arsenal if they can put the game against Liverpool behind them, because they did play really well, like you said, up until the 65th minute, and they basically made two mistakes for the entire match, and a team like Liverpool, who's one of the best teams in Europe, will punish you if you do that. Now, Aston Villa, like we've spoken about, is not that great offensively under Gerrard. A little only around 1.1 expected goals per match. They have been... Overperforming a tad uh, over the past few. You know, they put four in the back of the net against Southampton, three against Leeds. Uh, they only created 4.4 expected goals in those two matches. So, uh, some offensive regression is definitely coming for Aston Villa. But again, this is a really, really good uh, structured defense uh, under Gerard. It's it, from a price standpoint, you know, I think I'm pretty, I have Arsenal at uh, plus 132. So, uh, and the over under at 2.57. So, uh, I am pretty much dead on here with the market, so I will ultimately be passing, but man, I just hope my gunners can, can get three points from this one. Cause it would be huge uh, to start to get closer and closer to securing securing that, that fourth spot.
1: Yeah. Basically every part of, uh, the season is still up for grabs from the title race to European competition. And that like doesn't League. really have
0: much to play for as we yeah, go. I mean, and they're, you know, if they completely fall off then yeah, they might be in some type of relegation fight, but, uh, I mean, it's, they're sitting with 36 points. Usually, they say when you get to 40, you're, you're pretty much set and you're fine. Yeah, so, this
1: year it's this year it's going to be like 33. Um, yeah, yeah, they're going to be right yeah. The table. Yeah, that's the the. I think that there's a very select few teams that really have nothing to play for right now. Uh, Villa is certainly one of them, and another one is Leicester City, who are plus 115 hosting Brentford plus 255. The draw here is plus 240. Brentford have climbed uh, towards safety. They now have 30 points from 29 games and are eight points above Watford and nine points above Burnley. But Burnley has two games in hand. Uh, Everton has three games in hand and are also eight points back of Brentford as well. Uh, But I do think and I know the quality of competition hasn't been great with Brentford uh in in these last two performances they beat norwich city and they were full value in their win winning against burnley however th- those were those were high stakes matches so they showed up in, in two huge matches in the, their first season in the premier league so i'm kind of drawing a line to the quality of competition and and instead saying this team played well under pressure and i think that they can get the job done here at a good number against leicester who like i said they don't have anything to play for and their defense is still a mess uh 10.1 expected goals allowed Over uh, their last six, they have been one of the worst defensive outfits uh, this season in the Premier League. They're 17th in non-penalty expected goals allowed, 14th in big chances allowed, 18th in box entries allowed. So uh, Brentford should score here. And if they can continue to play a little bit better defensively, I like them here as a uh, for a potential upset at plus 255.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. There's a lot of advantages, I think, for Brentford. You hit the nail on the head as we finally saw two good performances from them and getting some of that positive regression back that we've been talking about during their losing streak. Leicester, what's been surprising is obviously their defense continues to be terrible, like you said, but only 5.5 expected goals created in their last six. So that is very bad when your defense is still trending as one of the worst in the Premier League. The biggest thing in this matchup, Bradford is the most efficient team in the Premier League off of set pieces and corners. We've talked about many times Leicester has allowed the most goals off of corners this season, 14, I believe. To be exact. So, you know, at a price of plus 115 with Leicester not really having much to play for, they have a Europa Conference League match against Wren on Thursday. So they'll be have a lot of short rest coming into this one as well. So uh when and also with them still having to play uh without Johnny Evans and Daniel Armadi out of position. Uh it create it's still is just it's just created a lot of problems for Leicester, even though they've played him and Sionku have played together quite a bit. It just doesn't work. They, they need Johnny Evans back, and and to have those two playing together to actually have this defense uh, be somewhat respectable. So uh, I am with you. I love Brentford plus half a goal at minus one twenty five. I think we're going to start to see the bees trend in that positive direction uh, after this big long losing streak.
1: Buzz baby, go bees! Buzz. Um, and it, I mean, it's not good for Everton, but, anyways, uh, fine. While, Everton's but... fine. We <laughs> talked about it. We got through it. Yeah. Everton's
0: fine. Got
1: we'll a, see. Got We're FA FA recording this before the Newcastle match. so
0: They got an FA Cup against Crystal Palace <laughs> this weekend. They can move on in that.
1: Oh, my God. Um, all right. Tottenham Hotspur, Anthony Debundo, he's not with us today. He is going to Vegas for March Madness. Um,
0: you know what's funny, Michael, is that Anthony Debundo, a young kid who has no responsibilities in life except for just doing this podcast twice a week, can't even come on twice a week. He's just gallivanting all around the country while we try to sit down
1: here. And hold the fort down. Yeah. You know, this is this is something that will come up in his annual review for sure. Yeah. Um, and the good news is uh, he won't be here to talk about Tottenham Hotspur, who are minus 135, hosting West Ham plus 370. The draw here is uh, three to 3-1. And I like West Ham. I think that they are improving. They're getting closer to the form that we saw towards the beginning of the season when they were a top four side in the Premier League. And Tottenham, like, for, for all their impressive performances – that they've pulled out whether it be against Man City or, or whoever um, Everton like they are still incredibly inconsistent four wins four losses I believe in the last eight in the Premier League so this is a team that if um, they're mistake prone they are just honestly inconsistent so I don't ever mind taking a shot uh, against this team with an especially with another good team at a big number uh, so I think plus 370 on West Ham is not a number you can thumb your nose at so Uh, I'll look to back the hammers here.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do like West Ham in this one. Uh, The thing about Tottenham is, yes, they've, you know, they put five in the back of the net on Everton. They want, you know, two today against Brighton. But they've been overperforming pretty drastically. Uh, Last six matches, 14 goals off of 9.4 expected. So that's definitely going to trend towards uh, the mean. And West Ham has been improving defensively. You know, they allowed two and a half uh, expected goals to Liverpool. But outside of that, in February, they haven't allowed over 1.3 expected goals to anybody, including against Sevilla, against Leicester. Uh, it's been a pretty uh, right the ship type of month for West Ham, who's starting to play a lot better. The biggest thing though for the Hammers is Jared Bone is still out, which is not good. Obviously, they have they now after signing some other guys like uh, Vlasic, and you know obviously have Yarmolenko as well. They're starting to trend in the right direction offensively. Some better performances. The win against Dastonville was obviously a step in the right direction. The game against Liverpool was honestly the the step in the right direction. They had a big chance in that one to put one in the back of the net and just couldn't convert it. So uh, I agree with you. I think the price is a little inflated on Tottenham, and I think you'll probably end up getting a better price on West Ham as the days go on here because obviously we just, saw, uh, we just saw Tottenham beat Brighton on Wednesday. West Ham has – a Europa League match against Sevilla on Thursday. It is at home in London, so you don't have to worry about travel. Uh, They are down 1-0 on aggregate, so if they end up losing that tie, uh, we could definitely see a better number here on West Ham. So I'm with you. I like the Hammers. Both teams to score at minus 150 is also kind of interesting. I think that's a tad low, uh, considering how shaky Tottenham's defense has been, even today against Brighton. I mean, Brighton created one big scoring chance in around 1.4 expected goals, and they were swinging and crosses left and right. So uh, it's, I think that's a, it's, it's a pretty low price. So I'm going to go West Ham, yeah, plus half a goal, plus 125, and then both teams to score. Uh, and minus 150, I think, is a little too low.
1: Wonderful. Uh, so the Hammers, the Bees, some of our old favorites, uh, Wolves, too, to get the, the job done in the Premier League. Now we'll move on to El Clasico. Uh, Real Madrid, they are at home plus 110 hosting Barcelona plus 250. The draw here is plus 265. Uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid have both been in terrific form of late domestically. Barca is 7 2 0 oh, win draw loss plus 13.2 expected goal differential and a plus 16 goal di- differential. Uh, meanwhile, Real Madrid is 6 2 and 1 in their last nine, and La Liga they have a plus 13.8 expected goal differential and a plus 13 goal differential. The uh thing here is I think there's a couple of motivational things to talk about. It's been a been a lost season for for Barcelona, despite the fact that they are surging up the table. They found their form under Xavi. They've gotten healthy, but they're not going to be able to catch uh, Real Madrid, barring a miracle. However, they are still fighting for Champions League spots. And this is kind of their Super Bowl, I would say, whereas Real Madrid, they have Champions League to still uh, consider and are basically on cruise control to win La Liga. So I do think there's a little bit of value on Barcelona if I had to bet it. Um, however, I think the number is probably just a, a shade too low, but I'm looking that way.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I th- it, the motivation thing is, is kind of interesting because Real Madrid really doesn't need this match. They could honestly just put it on cruise control and just you know move on. But again, it's El Clasico, so I think they'll be up for this one. Uh, Barcelona obviously in red hot form. I mean they've uh, just they thrashed Osasuna on the weekend. They beat Elche two one and created three point six expected goals. They thrashed Athletic Bilbao four nothing. Thrashed Valencia four one. I mean they're in amazing form. Uh, where I think there's some potential value is at the over three goals at plus one hundred five. I have a little over three goals projected. The big thing with Real Madrid and we've kind of talked about it all season long is their transition defense is still really quite bad. Uh, even with Casemiro in there. And now, with, like you said, with Barcelona healthy, having Pedri and a lot of their attacking, a lot of attacking options now available up front, it's pretty deadly. And Barcelona could thrash them apart like PSG did for a majority of the two legs in the Champions League. So I think there's a decent, I think uh, over three goals at plus 105 is a decent price. Uh, 3.4 expected goals were created the last time these two teams met. That was under Komen. And that in Barcelona definitely did not have the attacking players that they have now, and they didn't have Pedri in that match, so uh, pretty good price here. On, I think on the over. Other than that, uh, I think I will be staying
1: away from anything else on El Clasico. All right, uh, let's move on to Germany uh, and give out our favorite bets in the Bundesliga. I'm going to go uh, price hunting here with Frankfurt. They're six to one on the money line taking on uh, RB Leipzig, who are seven one and one win draw loss with a plus twenty nine goal differential. They've been, they've been the best team in the Bundesliga over that span. However, they are overperforming like crazy. Uh, their expected goal differential is about 20 goals below where their actual goal differential is. And look, Frankfurt is a mid-table pedestrian side. But at some point, it's going to come crashing down to earth for Leipzig. And I'll pay the plus 600 to find out if it'll be uh, this weekend against uh, against Frankfurt.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I mean, the overperformance there is crazy. Uh, But I'm going to go while you're watching March Madness on Friday afternoon, uh, Bochum against Gladbach. Gladbach, they finally had a decent defensive performance on Saturday, but it was against Hertha Berlin, who's one of the worst offenses in the Bundesliga. Bochum started out the season uh, as one of the worst offenses in Germany because they were a newly promoted team. But they've actually been on fire the last two months since – Uh, January 15th, they are averaging 1.56 expected goals per match. Before January 15th, only 1.01 expected goals per match. Now they get to face a Gladbach defense that we've talked about a lot, has completely fallen off a cliff and is really showing no signs of improvement when they have to face a decent offense. Since November 27th, they're allowing over two expected goals per match and 30 big scoring chances in 14 matches. The only two teams – that they have kept under one expected goal during that run is Arminia Bielefeld and Hertha Berlin last weekend, who are two of the worst three offenses in Germany. On the flip side, though, Gladbach's offense is still performing at a very high level, 1.65 expected goals per match, and they're second in Germany in shots per 90. Bochum, defensively, is pretty horrendous when they have to face a talented attacking team against top six offenses by expected goals, which Gladbach is included in. They allowed 16.5 expected goals and 23 big scoring chances in eight matches. So I have close to 3.2 goals projected for this one, and over three goals is sitting at plus 125. So I really like the price on that.
1: I should correct myself. It's a plus 19 goal differential for for Leipzig in that span, and uh, plus eight uh, expected goal differential. So they're still overperforming by 11 goals. It's uh, going to come down to earth for them at some point. In La Liga, uh, I talked about it. I, I'm going to likely be on Barcelona in. Uh, El Clasico. I think we're, you're talking about a team that has really found its stride, and they're playing in their biggest game of the season. Whereas for Real Madrid, there's really not the stakes are really not that high. This is a team that now he needs to balance two competitions. They're in the quarterfinals for the Champions League. So give me uh, Barcelona, who are seven two and zero oh, win draw loss in their last nine with plus 13.2 expectable differential. This team uh, under Xavi is really starting to come together and galvanize and uh, look out for them next year. It shouldn't have to be said, but Barcelona is gonna, are going to be right back in, in, in the thick of it in La Liga in uh, 2022, 2023. What about you for La Liga? Uh,
0: I like one of our favorite teams, Atletico Madrid plus 105 on the road against Rayo Vallecano you could potentially say this is a hangover spot for Atletico, Eagle coming off that big 1-0 win against United at Old Trafford on Tuesday, but they are still in a heated top four race in La Liga. So this, I think this match will have their full attention. Viacano has been a nice story since promotion, but they've been in horrific form since the start of the new year. In 2022, Cano has picked up three points in their last 11 matches, and they have a minus 12 uh, actual goal differential. The last time these two teams faced each other via it was one of the more dominant performances of the entire La Liga season. Viacano only had three shots and 0.16 expected goals. Atletico won two, nothing, and just absolutely, just completely dominated them. And Atletico, as we've talked about many times, very, still very, very good defensively still trending in that, that right direction, but they've actually been improving quite a bit offensively, 11.8 expected goals and 20 big scoring chances. In their last five matches. And Vallecano is very average defense sitting in 10th in La Liga in terms of expected goals, but they have allowed 10 big scoring chances in their last five matches. So I have Atletico projected uh, close to minus 125. So uh, at a price of plus 105, I love Diego Simeone's men to grab all three points on the road.
1: All right. Well, we'll flip it right back over to you for Syria uh, and League One. Yeah,
0: this line really pissed me off. Honestly, it was like two 30. It was like one uh, probably 1230 in the morning. I was going through everything and I saw this both teams to score no line and it just really made me angry. Uh, so as we've talked about a lot of times, Syria is just ridiculously stupid how o- overperforming they are, everybody really is this season. There's been 794 goals off of 755 expected goals. So essentially there's been almost 40 more goals than there should have been in the entire league. And one of those biggest culprits is Verona who has scored 54 goals off of around 40 expected goals, which is just truly insane for a mid table club. Even their last five matches, they've scored 11 goals off of 5.7 expected goals. So it's safe to say that negative aggression is going to hit them at some point. They're playing in Poli, Uh, who has slightly overperformed, but is one of the more inept offenses in Syria, averaging only 1.2 expected goals per match. The problem with them is they don't create, they do create a lot of chances. They're, you know, eighth in uh, shots per 90, but they're 16th in big scoring chances. So their shots aren't of the highest quality. On the flip side, Bruno's defense is actually quite underrated. 46 goals allowed off of 35 expected. They're also a very good pressing team. uh, And they've created the most high turnovers in Syria. A. Per Opta, however, they have the sixth fewest shots off of high turnovers. They can't really do anything with them. But to just show you how crazy the overperformance is, especially in Italy, but specifically these two teams, uh, I went through, I would define uh, both teams to scoring as what they should do, is if both teams are creating at least one expected goal. So I went through uh, all of their matches. Empoli has had 19 matches where both teams have scored, Verona's had 23. Uh, Empoli has had 14 matches where both teams have created at least one expected goal. Verona's had 12, so that means Verona's basically had double the amount of both teams to score that they should have. So, at a price of both teams to score at minus 185, you're implying that 65% of the time that both these teams are scoring, regression is going to come at some point. And so, I'm going to try to get it here. Both teams to score no is at plus 155, which is just crazy uh, to me. But I understand that uh, the overperformance is real, and maybe it's just the reality that we're living in right now, but I'm going to bet that it's not. So both teams have scored no at plus 155 in Empoli and Verona.
1: All right, we'll go right back to you for a bogey side for you.
0: Yeah, well, I want to read you a quote here, Michael, before I uh, give this pick. Uh, The measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Albert Einstein said that. If you're a longtime listener of this podcast or even listening to us when we were back on YouTube, you'll know that there is a team in France that I've had a grudge against, and it's Stade de Reims. But you know what? If I can change, we all can change because I'm going to be betting on them plus half a goal at plus 105 against Lyon this weekend. So they're still overperforming a little bit, plus one actual goal differential at a minus 6.6 expected goal differential. With that being said, this is Leon's. Fourth match in 11 days, and most importantly, it will be away from home where they've really struggled this season. Minus 5.6 expected goal differential and 1.89 expected goals allowed per match on the road. Reams is one of the worst offenses in league 1, but they're very solid defensively. Eighth and non-penalty expected goals allowed. They allow a ton of shots, but they're not of the highest quality. They're only conceding uh, around 0.9 expected goals per match. At home, and they're only exceeding under one big scoring chance per 90 minutes. In fact, they've only conceded four big scoring chances in their last 11 matches. And, and PSG and Monaco and Marseille were in that stretch. So I think the Leon line is a tad inflated here. I have them projected at plus 133. Both info goal and 538 have Leon at 48%. So uh, getting a rings plus half a goal at plus 105 I think has some decent value.
1: Lovely. All right, let's move on to our favorite underdogs. For the weekend, I'm going to Frankfurt. They're 6-1 to one against RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga. Leipzig are red hot. They're 7-1-1 one, and one with a plus-19 goal differential. Uh, they've been the best team in terms of current form in the Bundesliga since January 1st. However, their expected goal differential suggests that they should come back down to earth before the season ends. It sits at plus-8.13. I'll remind you, their actual goal differential is plus-19. Uh, Frankfurt, their their metrics are basically mid-table across the board. However, uh, you're giving me 6-1 to one to bet against a team that is overperforming by 11 goals, according to their XG, and I'll take it. So 6-1 to one on Frankfurt to pull the upset against Leipzig in Germany.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Bologna, plus 340 at home against Adelanta. Adelanta is playing on Thursday against Leverkusen. Uh, This is a pretty decent matchup for Bologna. They haven't been that great this season. They're not a great offense. They're averaging under one non penalty expected goal per match, but they're a pretty solid defense. Only 1.1 expected goals allowed per match. And Adolante has been overperforming quite a bit uh, as of late around 13 goals in their last seven matches, but they've only created around seven expected goals. So I think it's a decent spot for a pretty talented Bologna team that just hasn't really put the pieces together so far this season. So uh, at a price of plus three forty at home uh, against a team that's coming off short rest, I like the price on Bologna at plus three forty.
1: All right, uh, we'll wrap up the show with our favorite bets in the Premier League for this week. Like I said, it's a pretty short slate, so slim pickings. But I still love Brentford. They're plus two fifty five against Leicester City this weekend. Leicester has been one of the worst defensive sides. All year in the Premier League, and that hasn't changed. They rank 17th in non-penalty expected goals allowed. They're 14th in big scoring chances allowed and 18th in box entries allowed. Leicester also has nothing to play for, and the matchup really does benefit uh Brentford in terms of a sputtering offense for Leicester, an improving defense for Brentford. And as we touched on earlier, Leicester City is terrible at defending set pieces. And that's one way that Brentford loves to score, especially off corner kicks. And finally, we're talking about a bad schedule spot for Leicester who are on short rest after a European game over the midweek. So, give me Brentford. They're 255 on the road in a huge match for them and one that means absolutely nothing to Leicester City. What about you?
0: I love Wolves, plus 120 on Friday afternoon against Leeds. Leeds, obviously, has improved defensively under Jesse Marsh. 3.1 expected goals allowed in their last three matches, but... They're playing one of the heaviest counter-attacking profiles in the entire Premier League in Wolves, which is a terrible matchup for Leeds, who loves to get out and press and go forward. That's going to create a lot of space in the middle for Wolves attackers going forward. I understand that Wolves has overperformed this season, but in terms of their expected goals, both offensively and defensively, but on the defensive end of the pitch, what they do do a great job of is preventing big scoring chances. They've only allowed 23 on the season, which is the fourth best mark in the Premier League. And if you're looking at the market, I think the price is just a little too low for a really good Wolves team that's still sitting in the top eight. So uh, I have Wolves projected at minus 101. So I think you're getting a decent price on Wolverhampton Wanderers at plus 120.
1: And that should do it uh, for another episode of Wonder Goal. For BJ Cunningham, I'm Michael Lebuff. We won't see you on Monday, but we'll see you sometime during the week to talk about some World Cup qualifiers uh, that have some really, really high stakes. So until then, best of luck with your soccer bets.